Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, Jays fans, and welcome to a new week of the 1620 The Jays podcast presented by Barry Law. I'm John Bishop, along with Josh Peterson and Connor Happer. And on this week's show, we're going to talk some women's basketball with Jim Flannery as the Blue Jays now celebrate their highest ever ranking in the AP poll. They're now number 13, and already Big East play is starting with games this weekend, including the one against Villanova and Kirsten Bernthal Booth of the Creighton volleyball team who is hosting the NCAA tournament this weekend as they take on the Auburn Tigers Friday night at 6:30 and with a win hopefully we'll face either Houston or North Dakota with a right to go to the Sweet 16. The 1620 the Jays podcast is brought to you each and every week by Barry Law. Your most important assets are your body, your mind, and your future. When those are jeopardized by an injury that isn't your fault, you need to fight back and regain your life. Call Barry Law at 402-999-7777 or visit BarryLawFirm.com. At Barry Law, we fight alongside those who choose to fight back. And now alongside my colleague Josh Peterson, let's welcome in the head coach of Creighton Volleyball, Kirsten Bernthal Booth, whose team takes on Auburn this weekend at Sokol Arena in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Eight straight regular season championships, three straight Big East tournament championships, and more NCAA tournament appearances than any other coach in Creighton history, regardless of sport. 12th NCAA tournament, and the run starts this weekend. Coach, congratulations, and thanks for joining us. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks. So where is this team better today than they were at the beginning of the year? Well, I I think the specific players have gotten better. You know, you kind of work out tempo and, you know, at the beginning of the year, we had a little bit of a different lineup. Ava Martin was playing some right side and kind of was out of the lineup some, and she's emerged on the outside. Um, Nora, I think has continued to get better, both not only in the front row, but in the back row. Um, you know, I think we're figuring out our middles and that's really progressed. Kiana's carrying a ton of load in the middle. Kiara's, you know, doing a lot of different things at different times. So, um, you know, and then right side, we've got Jazz and Keely who both played great. So, and then of course, Kendra Waite, who kind of does it all. So, um, you know, I think our first contacts have been good. I think it's just been a progression. You know, we try to look at each week and say, okay, where, where can we get, you know, two months ago it was, where can we continue to work on stuff so that right now we're better. And right now it's what's what little things can we do to try to just be a little bit better for Friday and Saturday night. Are are you where you thought you could be coming into the regular season? 
yeah, I feel really good about the progress this, this group has made, the way we're playing, the chemistry on the team, all those things are really critical. Um, so no, I feel like we've made a lot of progress and excited about uh, the way we're playing. Creighton head coach Kirsten Bernthal Booth joining us. Jay's take on Auburn Friday night, 6.30, first round over at Sokol Arena. The winner will play either South Dakota or Houston. Can you sense a different level of confidence this week just because everywhere is everyone is kind of a in a been there done that mode when it comes to the NCAA tournament? I think, you know, we take a, a game by game approach always. So, you know, Big East tournament, it was all about Xavier. You know, first round, we got to do that. So right now it's all about Auburn. You know, we'll we'll prep just as we did last week for other, you know, things that may come ahead. But really, this group does a nice job of understanding that, mm. you know, our mantra is the biggest game of the season is the one ahead of us. And that's the way that we've been talking. And that's Auburn. I was going to ask you about that, coach, you know, the game by game approach, but also knowing, you know, what could lay in front of you. How, how do you balance the prep for future opponents and the prep, obviously, for Auburn on Friday? Well, I think we're just honest with them, you know, like, hey, you know, here's some things that maybe Houston and South Dakota do if we get the opportunity to play them. But let's be clear, Auburn's very good. And if we don't do this, you know, we always try to look for things that maybe teams both do, you know, so Auburn's going to do this. And guess what? If we get an opportunity to play X team on Saturday, they also do this. So we'll talk about those things sometimes in the gym, but um, you know, I, I, it's not even faking like Auburn's a dang good team. You know, we're going to have to play a good volleyball game. So it's not just telling the players that, I mean, the coaches understand we got to be ready to go for Friday night to get an opportunity for Saturday. Creighton volleyball coach Kirsten Bernthal Booth joining us here on Unsportsmanlike Conduct. Speaking of of Ava, she's the thing I think that's m most impressive about her is it doesn't appear like there's a fear of failure. You know, she she's a she's a go getter. She'll go after it and be aggressive. But now that you know the season's literally on the line, match to match, do you worry about her trying to do too much or being too aggressive? No, in fact. Uh... I was actually talking to Angie, who's her position coach and saying of all things that we got to continue to through her career is her fearlessness. Now, I think what I really was impressed against in the Marquette match was if she didn't have a great set, like maybe she was trap set, she did smart things with it. And the Marquette match, because, you know, you can be fearless and go for everything, but at some point you've got to say, okay, this isn't a ball that I can swing in. I've got, I mean, Auburn's got a six, six middle blocker. If she's trapped in front of that blocker, she's going to need to make a different decision than swinging into that thing. And I thought, you know, Carson Murray is one of the best blockers in the country for Marquette. And so she, she faced that uh, last weekend on decision-making. And I, I just really loved the decisions that she was making. Um, but I love that she, she goes for it at, at big moments and, you know, we'll, we'll take what happens, but she makes a lot of good swings. If she airs right now, she airs high, which is what we want them to be doing. You know, she's taken a lot of really good swings. I think. Coach, you mentioned the word fear. I, I read a quote earlier this week, um, about not playing well when you play in fear, when, when you were asked about some of the second round struggles, do, do you, I guess mentally the preparation for the tournament, do, do you, what kind of conversations do you have just given that I know that that's been a question asked of the program in recent seasons? Well, I think, you know, our sports psychiatrist that works with this a lot talks about, you know, the biggest thing to combat that is, is confidence, obviously. And confidence comes from repetition and, you know, so 
we are trying to prepare as much as we can, you know, like all season on situational things so that if we face it, we can say we've done this many times, you guys. And this team has faced a lot of different adversities in the sense of we've played a lot of five set matches. We've been down in games. So I always like to be able to look at our arsenal, you know, if we drop a game to say, Hey, we've been here before. This is not unfamiliar territory. Um, I loved that we had to battle so hard against Marquette. You know, that's such a good team. You know, those are good experiences us for us to have to grind through. Um, and hopefully, you know, uh, one of the biggest learning moments this year was the Nebraska match. We, we talk about that a lot, mm-hmm. you know, that we got timid in that fifth game and, uh, you know, two mad, you know, we, the next two matches we played went five and we talked about it. We talked about it in the Marquette match. So, um, all those things I think we can learn from and, you know, allow us to play a little bit f- more free and go for it. Speaking of going five, Coach Booth, you know, there was a long stretch there in Big East play where you had three-game sweeps. How important do you think it was to be pushed by Marquette on Saturday night just to get you ready for the NCAA tournament? I think it was really big. Um, You know, the Big East has a lot of good teams like, uh, you know, Xavier, UConn, St. John's, I think are all tournament level teams, but Marquette is a sweet 16 elite eight level team. And so it was great to, you know, battle, you know, again, a very good Xavier team and sweep them. But I do think Marquette is just a whole nother level. And so for us to have to play those long points and get punched and, you know, one of the things we talk about, before the NCAA tournament is you got to be ready for long rallies and you've got to be ready for balls that you're used to going down to come back up and then you getting the ball back and then you got to put it down again. And, and Marquette did that. And so it was great for us to face that. And I think it did, you know, I hope that it prepared us uh, to play well this weekend. Coach, at the outset of the interview, John mentioned all of the the success that Creighton Athletics are having right now. I know that there are some uh, with like in pro sports markets that believe that a good franchise can breed more success in other franchises across sports. I wonder if you have a similar feeling right now, given the success of, of both basketball programs, soccer making their run and then where you guys sit as well. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, on, on two different levels from a, just a person standpoint, these are all my friends, you know, we love the athletes. All I mean, these coaches, you talk about those four programs, men's soccer and men's women's basketball. We've all been here a long time. We are close. It is, it is awesome to see everyone's success from a selfish standpoint. Absolutely. I think it helps all our programs. I mean, you you took you, you know, men's basketball play in Texas. There's going to be a lot of eyes that Creighton name goes in front. I mean, I saw that when we entered the big East, you know, it wasn't that the big East volleyball was substantially better than Missouri Valley volleyball, but the big East name was a lot bigger than the Missouri Valley name. And a lot of that came from, uh, particularly men's basketball. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think it helps all of us. And, um, and it just, it, it, you know, just keeps pushing the bar up for all of us of what can we do. And, you know, as you guys know, we've never won a national championship here at Creighton and, you know, those are goals for a lot of our programs. Creighton volleyball coach Kirsten Bernthal Booth. What do we know about Auburn? You mentioned it earlier. They're a really good team. They're also pretty young too. They are young. They, you know, have a. I think Brentson is third year there at Auburn and done a really good job. They're big, um, six six in the middle. I think six four in the middle. I think their shortest front row player is six one. They're a very good blocking team. Um, they serve very aggressively, so that could, you know, it's a it's a smart 
game plan, right? You know, if you can serve a team aggressively, get them out of system and put your monster block in front of them, good things are going to happen. Um, they've got two freshmen outside that uh, when they're hot are really, really good. Um, so yeah, I think the block, the, the size is probably the big thing that uh, stands out. Um, and then, and then the, they just go after it behind the line. Coach, uh, last one for me. The first time we had you on this season, I know one of the things we talked about was television. And I saw a tweet uh, earlier this week from Dennis Punzel of the Wisconsin State Journal that mentioned that the Wisconsin-Nebraska match from Black Friday was their biggest match again of all time, beating last year's record by more than 200,000 viewers. So I guess I'm going to just put this ball on a tee and let you swing away on volleyball on television. Well, again, you know, we don't have a male counterpart that's getting on television. This is just people kind of coming to the sport and they are showing up in huge numbers. And again, I say over and over without the runway and, and you guys know what I mean by that, but there's, there's not a lot of prep. Uh, like at the NCAA tournament for women's basketball, they were doing features. They were hyping things up. Every game was on a major network. Volleyball's not getting that runway because a lot of people watch and they're like, oh, I'm going to go back and watch tomorrow night. Well, we're not getting that and we're still getting these numbers. So we're pretty passionate as a, as a unit that, you know, if, if the television gives us the runway that they're giving um, some other sports, I mean, we're performing so well right now. I mean, the Big Ten is all in in volleyball and television and it's their highest behind uh, men's basketball and football were third, you know, and that's that's in front of women's basketball that has had all this, you know, runway put in front of them. So, you know, we feel like we've got a product that people like to watch. It's fast paced. Um, and you know, I think if, you know, the people that are in the forefront of leadership that kind of look ahead of where sports are going on the women's side, especially, um, I think volleyball is a good one to get on board with. Uh, by the way, the matches this weekend will be on ESPN plus, but they will also be on 1180 the zone. So, you know, nice. hashtag it's still AM radio. Um, <laughs> so, you, so if you can't catch it in front of the tube, you can catch it on the radio this weekend. Of course, Friday night, 630 against Auburn and then hopefully a match against either Houston or South Dakota. And by the way, Josh, are you now a TV ratings guy again? Uh, look, I, ratings I, numbers. I, I just got to I do what I can. I do what I can. <laughs> well, coach, congratulations. Uh, I mean, eight, eight overall Big East tournament championships, ninth straight uh, Big East regular season championships and a chance to host, which I think is huge. Um, yeah. and, and hopefully this is the time we burst through, get through to the Sweet 16. And uh, who knows? Maybe there'll be a destination back in Omaha in a couple of weeks after that. Well, we appreciate it. Biggest match of the season Friday night. That's right. One at a time, friends. One there at a time. We start with Auburn. We'll work from there. Coach Kirsten Bernthal Booth, thanks a lot for your time and good luck this weekend. Thanks, guys. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. 
world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Welcome back to the 1620 The Jays podcast. I'm John Bishop. Creighton basketball, women's basketball, already has tipped off Big East play. It was a struggle uh, last weekend, Thanksgiving weekend at Xavier, but the Jays pulled it out with some late free throws, and they have already begun conference play. And now they continue their road test as they head to Villanova and St. John's over the next few days. All the while, Creighton women's basketball, highest ranking ever in the AP poll. They're now the 13th rated team in the country, and their head coach, Jim Flannery, is with our Connor Happer. The head coach of the 13th ranked Creighton women's basketball team, that is uh, Jim Flannery, joins us now. Uh, Coach, how's that sound? How we doing? (laughs) Uh, It sounds good. It sounds a little intimidating, but uh, um, I guess it's better than the alternative, so I won't complain. Yeah, you got to carry a little bit of that pressure, but I, I wanted to talk a little. I mean, so we're we're catching up here. You you've played a game um, in conference already. You head back out um, to Villanova and St. John's over the weekend here. But th- this early season sort of non-con stretch where you guys have been everywhere in the Midwest, it feels like. I wanted to ask because we, we've talked about we, we talked about your schedule a lot, and, and you guys scheduled really really tough, um, and, and especially in your in sort of the 500 mile radius here, I guess, what was, what was the thinking behind the early season scheduling and how much or how little and how to push and pull on when you guys wanted to challenge yourselves? Well, I I said, we're, we're kind of blessed and cursed because there's so many good mid-major programs close to us, you know, South Dakota, South Dakota state, Drake and Northern Iowa, those four schools, we've played a lot over the last, you know, six, eight, 10 years. And, um, we used to be on a two, two home, two road rotation with them, but COVID kind of knocked that off. So we actually had all four of those schools this year, but uh, three of them are on the road um, because of COVID. So, um, but I think in our sport, it's, it's good to play those teams. It's, they have a hard time getting good games. We have a hard time getting good games. So, um, and then you throw Arkansas in there who, uh, was it, you know, they were a team a couple years ago. We were just looking for a game. It just happened to fit in the time slot we wanted. And I felt like that was a really good game. And then, um, you know, obviously we've, we've played Nebraska and, and Omaha, um, home and homes. I mean, Nebraska forever in Omaha. I think this is probably about the sixth or seventh year that we've, we've been with them. Um, and then the last game we took was Stanford, which is, <laughs> was kind of a reflection of the, the team that we felt like we had. I mean, I wouldn't have taken that game probably um, had we not, you know, maybe had as good a year as we did last year and had as much coming back. So that was kind of the, the cherry on top uh, was to take a, t- take a game against a team that two years ago won the national championship and last year was in the final four. So uh, yeah, it's a tough schedule. And then, like I said, it was knocked a little bit off balance because we had really probably one more road game than, than we would traditionally have uh, with those, with those uh, South Dakota and Iowa schools. Why those teams? You mentioned it a little bit, but in the women's game, it seems like you know the you're you're more likely to play your neighbors, whether it's you know your next door neighbors or you know just in your sort of 
region? Is it just like the flexibility that, that, the, that you guys have because there's less, you know, tournaments to go into? I guess it, it feels like it's that way on the women's side more so than the men's side. Am I wrong on that? Yeah, I think there's a little more of a of a, a of a willingness to grow the sport or an acknowledgement that you need to do things to grow the sport. Whereas on the men's side, it doesn't, I don't feel like the men are in a position where they have to feel like that's part of why they do it. But, you know, we had, we had Oklahoma when they were going to final fours, willing to play us home and home. And, and even Notre Dame, you know, they went to back to back final fours and they were willing to play us a home and home. And I think when you see that you, you, you understand, you know, from our position, okay, yeah, you know, maybe <laughs> the Summit League, the, the the good schools in the Summit League of the Missouri Valley, they have a hard time getting games, and it, it does, it, you know, there's there's a little bit of an onus on us to to make sure that that good games happen. I mean, we can't, um, you know, so I think there's there's something there. I mean, I, I remember a, I was looking for a game one year in the summertime, and I was standing with the coach at the University of South Dakota and I said well we'll uh, we'll come to your place first if that if that helps and he looked at me and he said you know really and I said yeah I mean I said we need a game and we actually have enough home games this year and yeah I don't think that happens on the men's side where you know you're going to somebody and you're willing to maybe even go on the road first Um, but the other piece of that is you know in terms of buy games, it's, you know, this is not a knock on Creighton, but we just don't, we don't have the money to buy a game that a Nebraska or an Iowa State does. And therefore, if a school is coming out of area to play a buy game and they can get more money out of Nebraska or Iowa State or somebody close to here, they're going to go there. <laughs> I mean, I've had coaches right. tell me that. I had a game with, uh, I think, UC Riverside a few years ago scheduled, not not a contract, but he's like, he just called me and he said, he just was honest. He's like, Hey, Iowa state's going to pay me a lot more. I'm going to go there. <laughs> and that, you know, that probably doesn't happen to our men uh, as much. Yeah, for sure. All right. Let's get into your, your team, obviously a, a fantastic start to the season. I, I guess what were the checkpoints uh, aside from winning the games, obviously, what were the checkpoints that, that you guys wanted to hit sort of eternally internally in the first you know, month or so of the season now. Obviously, there's still you know tough task ahead in the non-con still, but you're jumping into conference for um, for a couple games here. But internally, what were the with check marks that you wanted to sort of knock out before you got to this point in the season and and you turn your attention toward conference play? Well, I think the the first one would be you know, can we win a game or two or early uh, with our defense, you know, with, can we, cause I think if you look at our team, we're a skilled team that's offensively pretty hard to guard. And that doesn't mean we don't have bad nights. We do. And we, we certainly had one last Friday at Xavier, but um, you know, in those cases, can you, can we be a little bit better defensively? And I said, we have some limitations. We don't have a, our tallest players, six, one, six, one and a half. We don't have a six, four, six, five shot blocker paint you know, paint roamer that can, that can alter the game. Um, and we don't have exceptional quickness on the perimeter. So we, can we be a little bit more cohesive defensively to win games um, that way? And I think we've done a good job there. We've, we've certainly got some strides that we can make, but 
I do think we're we're better we're better defensively than we were were a year ago at this time. Um, I think you know we, we talked a lot about probably our two best passers last year were Tatum Rembaugh, our fifth year point guard, and Peyton Brodsky, a wing player um, who who is a really gifted passer. And you know, can we so can we get maybe quite as easy a baskets um, as we as we were able to get a year ago because of how well those two passed the ball. Tatum was in the top 10, I think, in the, in the country in assists. And and like I said, Peyton was really good um, at her position. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know that we're there where I'd like to see us. I think we have better – we have better shot making. I think if you look at right. Emma and Morgan and Lauren, we have, we have kids who can make shots, but you also need some, – some games you need easier shots. And I think that was – that was Xavier. We, we felt like, okay, we got decent shots, but you know, some nights you're going to need even easier shots. And that's where uh, I feel like we, we can, we can be just a little bit tighter with some of the things we're doing from a footwork and passing standpoint so that we're not always relying on Morgan hitting a late shot clock three that's halfway right. contested or Emma making a late clock play or um, so I think that those are things that we can, that we can still improve upon. But I do like, I do like that our leadership, I feel like, and our toughness is, is pretty good. I felt like Tatum was a really good leader. She was, she was, she was not afraid to get on her younger teammates in practice or in games. And I think that was a part of our success last year and and our growth. Um, I think we've kind of managed to kind of piece together that, that part of it. So um, I'm still looking for us to maybe just be, a little bit more willing to to sacrifice offensively in terms of being a little better screening team, um, a, a little bit more patient with 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 some of the things we're doing where we're not, you know, just because we're good at going creating the shot, we don't always have to do that. How how advanced is? I mean, you mentioned you lost those two after after last year, but with the core and plus some that you had coming back for this year, like how, how advanced is this team in terms of what you feel like you can give to them what you think you could put on their plate as you're sort of trying to navigate this part of the season? Sure. Well, we feel like we're, yeah, we're in a position where we can give them a little bit more information in terms of uh, uh, preparation for opponents or give them a little bit more freedom on the court too. What do you guys, what do you guys think? What do you want here? What do you, um, you know, how do you want to defend this action that they're running? I'll say that sometimes when we're in a walkthrough, Okay, would you guys rather switch that screen or stay? So you, you definitely have more trust uh, that that you know they're the ones out there playing. So if they're more comfortable switching a screen, or if they're more comfortable, if Emma wants the ball on the left block or the right block, I'm willing to listen and say where, where do you want it. Um, but uh, you know, so there's a lot of that. The other the, the challenge though is we've got some fresh. We got a couple of freshmen I think are going to help us. Um, Kennedy Townsend has already played a little and. And Keani Lockett just got cleared to play, has played a little bit the last two games. Um, so how do you fit them in? And because I, I think they can help us. And our our guard depth isn't probably where it was a year ago. Uh, Rachel Saunders is currently out, but uh, we'll hopefully get her back in the next couple of weeks. But until she gets back, we're we're you know our we're playing a freshman off the bench at the guard spot, and so you got to kind you can't make it too complicated for for whoever that person is. But, uh, but overall, yeah, we're, we're in a situation that's pretty good in terms of what we can load our players with. 
how I guess talk about a little bit the the selflessness of the group in order to sort of I mean you mentioned maybe it's a little bit more difficult to to find good shots this year because because of the distributors that you lost from last year, but you you still have a lot of people who can who can create and make and make shots. But then also, you know, you spread around. I think you got four scores in in double, you know, double figures averaging per game right now. Like, you know, you you might think looking at this team, well, Lauren Jensen's the best player. But then, you know, that continues to sort of, you know, trickle down to everybody else. Right. You know, Emma had two games and where she – Emma hasn't had a game between 10 and 20, I think. She's either been below 10 or over 20. (laughs) Um, And – you know, so it is even quarter to quarter thing. You know, we had, I think, uh, the Omaha game. We had Warren had like 15 in the first quarter. Morgan had double digits in the third, and Emma had 15 in the fourth. So sometimes it's they they have to be smart enough to know who's who's got a little bit better matchup and who's made two shots in a row, and they're and they're good at that. Um, so that's that's been a comfort. I think as a coach, one of the challenges is, you know if somebody does go a quarter, a quarter and a half without getting a shot or a good look, okay, how do you like, how do I keep that player confident? And I think that, you know, I think you, if you look at our men's team, I think the same could be said, you know, they've got, they got five really good options in their starting lineup. And if somebody doesn't get a shot for six or eight or 10 minutes, okay. And now they touch it and okay, now what's a good shot for them. If, if they haven't touched, you know, if they hadn't really had a good look, for a, a few minutes. And uh, I think some of the same challenges is there for us. It's like, okay, it's great that we're, that we're in a decent offensive rhythm, but what if we need Molly, you know, at some point, because they're just going to take Lauren out of the game a little right. bit, or they're going to try to, or they're, you know, they're really clamping down or on so-and-so. How do we, how do we make sure that somebody doesn't get so lost that now we're asking them to make a play in a fourth quarter um, and they really haven't, you know, had the rhythm throughout the game. So those, those are challenges, but those are, but those are good problems to have, not uh, having, having more options than two or three. Can it be, can it be difficult to, I mean, you guys, well, one thing that has always been really strong with your team is the, their sort of sense of identity and, and knowing who they are I, now, you know, people are starting to pay attention and you're, you're a top 15 team and you've had some great wins and tough games on the schedule coming up. Like, can it be difficult sometimes to sort of, you know, remember, all right, this is why we're here, especially when now, you know, you're starting to get more eyes on you. Uh, Yeah. I think, I think if you asked our players, they would maybe acknowledge that there is a little bit of that because you don't, um, but I also think, you know, when you have a game like Xavier where we, we, you know, we didn't play very well for 35 minutes, there has to be a, some reflection to know, hey, we still have a, we still have to be a blue collar team that um, does some other things. And I've reminded them a lot, you know, we, we've always been a good three point shooting team and we've always been a team that, that does a good job of taking care of the ball or not always, but <laughs> pr- pretty traditionally. <laughs> um but one of the keys to last year was we were we were a good rebounding team, not a great rebounding team, but you know the the teams that we've had, you know, I I used to say our goal was to kind of be anywhere from plus one to negative two <laughs> rebounding, and last year we were plus three and a half. That's a that's a pretty significant difference. 
um, in terms of, of, you know, that's four or five shots a game that you're getting maybe um, that another team isn't getting. And we were, um, uh, and when we stray from that and think that we're supposed to be a pretty team, that's just offensive, you know, just a pretty team to watch on offense. Um, we're, we're more vulnerable because you're not always going to have it every night. So, um, yeah, we do have the, we do have, this team has more length, uh, defensively. So we can switch more screens, um, and make it a little bit easier on ourselves that way. So I think that's, that's definitely a positive, um, because I think, you know, at the end of the day, you, when you go on the road or, or when you don't have it quite the way you're supposed to offensively, you've got to be able to stop somebody and you've got to be able to rebound the ball. And I think this team um, can do that. Currently we're, you know, I think plus three point something on the glass and, and that's where we need to stay. We need to be in that, you know, three to five to the positive. We're not going to be a, an elite rebounding team, but, but we need to be quite a bit better than average. And then defensively, we need to um, be able to, you know, create some problems with our length and our ability to switch some screens and, and take advantage of that. Uh, basically back to back this weekend, <laughs> almost back to back this weekend on the, uh, on the East coast, I guess, what's the challenge of that? And, you know, is it, is it almost good that you get those games smashed so close together? You don't have to make a trip back, anything like that. I guess what's the challenge this weekend against Villanova and St. John's. Sure. I think, you know, if you ask us, I mean, I, we like, I like playing when we go out there, I like playing too, because it is a lot of travel. If you have to keep go back and forth and back and forth, I think it, it wears on you, especially by February. If you're, if you're on your sixth trip to the East coast, instead of your fourth, that makes a difference. So um, the challenge is, you know, they're very different teams. I mean, St. John's, it's going to be hard for us to stay in front of the ball. They, they're, you know, athletic on the perimeter and they're going to drive it at you. Villanova is a little bit more precision like, and they're dependent on, you know, their, their, their best player Segrist, who's one of the best players in the country. Um, so there's, you're going to see, you know, you don't have a lot of turnaround for a different style on the, on the flip side, St. John's plays Friday night also. So it's not like they're prepping for Creighton all week. They're at Butler on Friday and they have to actually travel back, you know, from Indianapolis to, New York. So um, there's no advantage that they have in that regard. They'll have a short prep for us. We'll have a short prep for them. So um, I, I actually, I actually like the one day in between. I mean, you don't, you don't give your players as much information on your second opponent typically, but like I said, that, that, that opponent isn't able to probably throw a lot of information on you at their players on that one day flip. So um it, I think it works out, especially given where we are as the as the Western kind of outlier in the in the league geographically. All right, Coach. Well, we'll let you go. Uh, it's been a joy to watch so far this year. Um, thanks for sitting down and chatting for a couple minutes, and good luck this weekend and beyond. Okay. Thanks, Connor. Appreciate you having me on. All right, Connor. Thank you very much. As we wrap up this week on the 1620 The Jays podcast, let's get a quick update on the schedule and where you can find the Jays. Over the next few days, of course, the volleyball tournament hosted by Creighton. This weekend, NCAA tournament action. South Dakota and Houston will be the first match at 3.30 on Friday afternoon at Sokol Arena. Then the Jays will take on Auburn in the nightcap at 6.30. The winners will meet in the semifinals Saturday night. Obviously, we hope the Jays can get there. 
with two wins, Creighton will head back to the Sweet 16. Women's basketball is in action Saturday night as they travel to Villanova. Six o'clock is tip-off time for the Jays at Villanova. Men's soccer. Can't forget about men's soccer. They're just three wins away from the national championship. An improbable run through the NCAA tournament. Men's soccer in the Elite Eight at number four, Duke. That will be at noon. You'll be able to catch that match on ESPN+. Plus. Again, ESPN+, Plus for men's soccer at Duke as the Jays try to make it to the Final Four. Again, we mentioned the volleyball. If they are successful, they will play Saturday night at 6.30. And then on Sunday, women's basketball still on the road. It's been a long road trip. They're going to get really homesick here pretty soon. Women's basketball taking on St. John's 1 o'clock tip-off time in Queens. And the I-80 rivalry for men's basketball. The Jays trying to end a two-game skid. It's been a rough go against four straight ranked teams. And while Nebraska's not ranked, they're playing better. And anytime you get Creighton and Nebraska together, you never know what's going to happen. Rivalry game, 3.30 tip-off. We'll have coverage starting with Ravi Lula and Blue Jays shoot around at 1.30. He will be live at DJ's dugout across from the arena in downtown Omaha. We'll have the play-by-play action for you with tip-off at 3.30. And then Blue Jay overtime again live from DJ's dugout immediately following our post-game coverage. And then we fast-forward to next weekend where the women's basketball team finally gets to play in Sokol Arena. They will take on the Drake Bulldogs at 6 o'clock, and the men head off to Las Vegas for a pair of non-conference games, first on Saturday night at BYU, and then they will come back on Monday at uh, in Las Vegas and take on Arizona State. And that is a look at what is happening around Creighton Athletics. This podcast, each and every week, the 1620 The Jays podcast is brought to you by Barry Law, your most important asset to your body, your mind, and your future. When those are jeopardized by an injury that isn't your fault, you need to fight back and regain your life. Call Barry Law at 402-999-7777 or visit BarryLawFirm.com. At Barry Law, we fight alongside those who choose to fight back. Now, for Josh Peterson and Connor Happer, I'm John Bishop, wishing you a great weekend. Go Jays! And a reminder that the 1620 The Jays podcast presented by Barry Law is a co-presentation of Creighton University Athletics and NRG Media Omaha. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 